Well, good morning, church family. I just want to say it is, it's an honor, it's a privilege to be here with you this morning. Hey, I love your pastor, Brother Ray, uh, just a, a good friend, a good man, a good pastor, a good preacher of the word, and as I said, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, it is an honor to this morning to stand here on, on his behalf um, in this place, in this church. It's good to get, be able to gather as the church this morning, amen? I hope you can say that. You know, it's been a while for a lot of us since we've been able to gather like this. This is the like you said, this is take we take this for granted. We really do. This is a blessed privilege to get to uh, come together as the body of Christ in the church. And I'm 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 excited about <clears throat> being here this morning. I sound a little funny. I'm not under the weather, but I've, I've got out and mowed this week. Is anybody is anybody else mowed this week? There was no grass. There was dust. That's basically all I had was leaves everywhere, and that's kind of gotten to me a little bit. So uh, I'm not under the weather at all, even though I do sound a little bit funny this morning. Uh, I want to thank you for the kind words too, brother. And I want to thank you, church, for your emphasis on missions. I was encouraged by that, um, what I just saw, that emphasis on, on giving, yes, but on going and sending. Uh, we, I, I agree that uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, I, I believe, we, like you, we don't have a peer when it comes to a denomination or an organization that does, uh, as job, does the job that we do of sending our people. Uh, we are a sent people. We are to be ascending people. We have a God who sent forth his only son into this world. And just like him in his manner and in his stead, we continue to send our people. And uh, that's something that's uh, near and dear to my heart is that we send. Um, I remember years ago, uh, someone said to me, because I've preached a lot about going and sending and giving, and someone said to me one time, they said, you know, your kids are a little young right now. What are you going to do someday when when they uh, come of age and it's time for them to go, I said, I pray that the Lord will use them and that the Lord will send them. And, you know, the Lord has a way with, with saying, okay, you know what, I'll do just that. So right now, a lot of you know, my son is preparing to go to Australia in January if the Lord opens the door. There's a mission work there that our Mississippi Baptist Convention partners with to teach the gospel in the government schools. In Sydney, Australia is particularly where my son would be going and working with Life Church right there in Sydney. If the doors open, as of right now, there's this thing that I don't know if you've heard of. It's called COVID-19. A few people have heard of it, and it's hindering a lot of things. Could hinder the door to be open there to go to Australia. So I would ask you, pray with us as a family that the Lord would open that door because my son is prepared and he's ready to go. My daughter also, I'll be sending her really, really soon to uh, to, uh, Ohio, Toledo, Ohio. She's there right now, as a matter of fact, uh, kind of scoping the place out. She's getting married right after Thanksgiving, and her and her soon-to-be husband, he is a campus missionary at the University of Toledo, and the work, they actually have a church planted on the campus called H2O Church, and they're partners with the Southern Baptist Network and the Southern Baptist Convention there in Ohio. So my daughter's preparing for that. She's a Southern girl, and she loves the South as well. It's the weather. She's in for a real treat in Toledo, Ohio. It's about an hour from Canada. So I texted her last night when she got there. I said, is it cold? She said, it is. It's not as cold as I thought. I thought to myself, just wait a little while, and it's going to change. But uh, you pray for us in that. Um, Again, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate what what the Lord's doing in the church right here. When we got a lot of work to be done, and and I know when we talk about the good things that are happening, because they are, we 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 are seeing some good things happen, and we're we're proud of that, and we're blessed by it. But I also realize that in this time in which we live, a lot of people hear that, 
But there are many of us, and maybe, maybe some of you, that are walking through some struggles today, some adversity. Maybe 2020, I don't know about you, but I would just as soon 2020 go away. I'm, I'm really ready for 2021 to come in. I mean, with everything we've faced, the adversity of this year, obviously COVID-19, the election that we thought would never end, and guess what? Still hasn't ended, at least as though it looks. It seems as though we face adversity after adversity. If you're like me, I'm an Ole Miss fan, and I watched the ball game last, last night. Did any of you catch that? There were many times that I wanted to just walk away and say, this thing's over. But it wasn't. Adversity comes, and when it does, many of us find moments of our life where we say, I'm just ready to quit. I'm ready to give up. I, I believe the Lord sent me by here this morning to encourage those of you, whoever you are, who is considering because of adversity, because of struggles, because of trials, whatever it may be, you're actually considering turning around and going back. Going back to wherever it was you've come from. Turning back from walking with the Lord in the way that you have. Just, just sitting down and quitting. But I believe the Lord sent me by here this morning to encourage you. When you feel like going back, I want you to keep going forward. If you have a Bible with you, open to 2 Kings chapter 2. It's where we're going to spend our time this morning. This is a little unusual message from the way that I would normally preach, but I'm convinced that this is the word that the Lord wants me to bring here with you today. So in that, I'm confident. I pray that this will be a message of encouragement, a message to, to bless, a message to strengthen, maybe a message to exhort. As I said, I, I fear that there are some of us that, that find ourselves ready to quit and, like I said, turn around and go back, but I'm here to tell you, you can't. You can't. There, there's no time, there's no place. This is not the time to turn around and go back. You have to keep going forward. There comes a time when we must face the adversities, the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the setbacks, the whatever you want to call them. We must face these and stand in the strength of the Lord, trusting that our God is able, trusting that our God is going to see us through and that we are going to move forward with his purpose for our life. I want to challenge even the, the church collective in that as well. 2020's brought a lot of challenge. It's caused us in many ways to have to take a step back, but it's challenged many of our churches to say, let's just stay back here. And I'm here to challenge the body of Christ. When you feel like going back, let's say no. We're going to continue to move forward. Second Kings chapter 2, this is an interesting story. It's a story about two men, two great servants of God, one by the name of Elijah and the other by the name of Elisha. I'm sure you're familiar with the passage. And as we read this passage, you're going to see what it's like for a man to go through adversity. When, when adversity or when trouble is the way he would see it, when trouble strikes, he finds it is the time to keep going. We're going to see that. As you know, or if you're familiar with the story, Elijah, he's the, he's the mentor. He's the leader. He is the prophet of God. Elisha is the apprentice. He's the one that's being taught. And for a lot of us, we've had someone in our life that we've looked at and we've said, that's my example. He's my example or she's my example. You've watched him or her overcome adversity. You've watched them walk through fiery trials. You've watched them overcome and overcome and overcome again. And you've said many times, I want to be just like that. And some of you, as I said that, you have someone in mind that you've watched walk through 
some tough times. And you've all, you have said, man, I want to be like that. I'm here to tell you, the only way that you're going to be able to be like that is when you also walk through the fires. When you walk through the adversity and the trials just as they did, that's easier said than done. It's much easier to be an Elisha, to, to, to watch Elijah and watch how God uses him. Watch how God moves in his life and watch how he overcomes and say, man, I want to be like that. But when you're called upon or, or when, when it's your time, some of us have found, or at least we feel, I'm not ready for this. I, I didn't expect this. This is not what I bargained for. Maybe it has nothing to do with church life. Maybe it's your private life. Maybe it's your family life, home life. I don't know. I do believe God has given me this word today for you, for someone here. And I pray, if you feel like going backwards, keep going forward. That's the title of the message today, very simple title. When you feel like going backwards, keep going forward. In 2 Kings chapter 2, I want you to look at this story with me. I'm reading from the New King James this morning. And it says, And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elijah, Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. If you would allow me um, a moment to paraphrase, or in a southern way, let me tell you what Elisha just said to Elijah. There's no way you're getting out of my sight. I know what's about to happen. The Lord is about to take you out of my life, and I'm going to have to stand on my two feet by myself. I'm not ready for this. So he says to his mentor, no, I think I'm just going to stay with you. So in the moment, Elijah tells him, okay. So they went down, verse 2, so they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha, and they said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Again, the paraphrase of a southerner, his friends. What friends, huh? Friends come out and say, hey, did you know it's not going to work the way you thought? Hey, did you know that your, your master, your teacher, he's going to be taken from you? Did you know you're about to have to do it by yourself? And he says, yes, I know. Shut up. I don't want to talk about it. That's exactly, I told you, if he was in the South, that's exactly what he would have said, amen? Just shut up. I don't want to talk about that. Been there before? You know the realities of the moment. You know what you're about to have to face, but you don't want to talk about it. And you even feel like, maybe if I don't talk about it, maybe if I don't think about it, it just won't happen. But in reality, you know, it's going to happen. And that's the moment where you want to turn around and go back. So Elisha says to them, keep silent. Verse 4, then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? More great friends, huh? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. 
Did you notice that Elijah, all along the process, Elijah's preparing Elisha for this. He's telling him, you're going to have to walk through what you don't want to walk through. But Elisha once again says, not right now. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Verse 7. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elijah knows, and he stops, I believe, fully led by the power, presence, and spirit of God. He turns and looks at Elisha, and he says, okay, you know it's going to happen. What is it you think you need that you might be able to continue to go? And Elisha says, please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He says, Elijah, I need what you have and more. If I'm going to be able to make it, how many of you have been there before? Be honest with yourself, but with the Lord. Not with me, but with the Lord. I've seen someone else make it through this before. But man, I, I, I not only need what they have, I need more than they have because there's no way I can make it through that. Verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. You know, in that moment, Elisha thought, you just thought you weren't getting out of my sight. I'm not dare letting you out of my sight now. Then it happened. Verse 11, then it happened. And oh, how many of us have been in verse 11 before, and all of a sudden, it happened. As they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, and he tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Let's pause right there with Elisha and pray. Father, help us this morning as we read this word and as we unpack, Lord, the story that is before us, that you would encourage the body of Christ, the brothers and sisters here at First Baptist Church Belmont. Lord, I do believe that this is a word to them and for them this morning. For someone, maybe the body of Christ as a whole, I don't know. But Lord, there are some who are in a similar place as Elisha. They've seen others make it. They've seen others do it. But Lord, they themselves feel like there's no way I can do this. And some are ready just to quit or give up or even turn back. Go back. Lord, I pray, give them the strength this morning. Encourage them by the power of the Spirit and the Word of God. Encourage them to keep going forward. That they may see the goodness of the Lord. That they may see the power of the Lord. And that they may be used mightily in the kingdom of God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we read this and along the way, as the things I've said, you might think that I, that I feel like it's not good to lean on your Elijah. Not at all. 
I believe that, that God gives us our Elijahs, if you will, on purpose. It is not wrong for us to depend on them. God gave them to us. Those who've gone before you, those examples that you've watched walk through some of the fires and troubles that you're about to or that you are walking through. God gave you those Elijahs, if you will, to watch and lean on and learn from. But he did not give you those Elijahs to walk you all the way through it. He gave them as an example. There will come a time, and maybe some of you are there now, you're at that time where you must face things alone without Elijah's help. The thought of that makes us say, no, I'm just going to go back. Yet, God says, no, come with me. Let's go forward. I want to take from this passage, I want to take three experiences that Elisha must face if he's going to keep going forward. Three experiences, and today we need to own these. These need to become real in our lives. Three experiences that we are going to have to face if we're going to keep going forward rather than going backwards. And if you're a note taker, follow along with me. Number one, we're, we're going to have to, I would say, go forward at, at, our, at, at the Jordan experience. Now, you read this with me in those verses. that You saw where Elijah and Elisha both came to the Jordan River. Elijah takes off the mantle, strikes the water. Both of them walk across. But once they've crossed over the Jordan, something happened, right? Elijah is taken. He's gone. What is Elisha going to do? I stopped us at verse 13. Now look at verse 14 with me. So this is Elisha. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water, and he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You ever asked that question before? God, where are you? That's what he's asking. Where's the God that I saw perform miracles and might and power for Elijah? Where is that God? Is, is he with me at all? Has anyone ever been there? I could tell you I've been there many times. As I said, this year for many of us has been, has been a great struggle in a lot of ways. I've been there at even times this year asking, Lord, where are you in the midst of what I'm facing? Where are you? But watch what happens. And when he, when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. This Jordan experience, now you know, as I've already said, he's been to that place before. Now he's back, yet by himself. This Jordan experience, I believe for us, represents a type of separation where you have no fellowship with anyone. It's just you and the Lord. That's it. There's going to be a time to where it's you and the Lord. There is no one else in the moment or the time, or for some in the season, there seems to be no one else to lean on. Why is that? Because God wants to teach us to learn from Him, to lean on Him. I believe that with all of my heart. You've been to the Jordan, if you will. You've been to the Jordan before, with Elijah, maybe many times you've come up and, and you've seen him or her do it before, but now it's you. And I fear this morning that some of you, maybe even since the Elijahs are gone, maybe for a while you've, you've come to the edge of that Jordan. You, you've come to that moment to where, is God really who I believe him to be? And you've stood at the bank, you've stood at the edge knowing if, I, if I'm going to be the man or the woman I say that I am, and if God's going to be the God that I, my faith believes Him to be, 
I'm going to have to walk through this. But yet, for whatever reason, you've stood and you've looked at the Jordan, the experience, and you've walked away time after time. Today, let's walk through that. By the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the strength of God, walk through this experience. Because if you don't, God may never seem to be the God you thought that He was. Oh, He is. Let me tell you, He is. There's no question of who our God is. Amen. No question whatsoever. But is He that God to you? Is your faith that real? Elisha, in the moment, has to say, because you, you heard him ask, where's the God of Elijah right now? And when he takes that mantle and strikes that water, he knows if this water doesn't part, then God is not who I thought he was. That's the moment it's easy to walk away and say, well, I'll just pretend and hope it will be. And that will get us nowhere. We've got to strike the water. Amen. You feel like going back. You're going to have to face the Jordan experience. Strike the water, if you will, by faith. And walk by faith through this time. Don't go back. Go forward. we got to own the Jordan experiences of our life. Number two, there's another place. That, there's a place called Jericho that he goes to. We've got to own and go forward at our Jericho experience. Look at verse 15 with me now. I'm going to keep tracking through this passage. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho, he's been there before, right? We saw that in those first verses. He's been to Jericho with Elijah before, but not without him. The sons of the prophets who were from Jericho, they saw him and they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and they bowed to the ground before him. Then they said to him, Look now, there are fifty strong men with your servants. Please let them go out and search for your master. Lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not send anyone. In other words, Elisha was saying, Listen, I know this has to happen. There were, these men were trying to be good friends. They really were. They were trying to say, well, maybe it's not this bad. Maybe you're not going to have to walk through that. There are some well-meaning people. And I fear I've been that well-meaning person. Over the years of discipling men, when, I, when I've watched them walk through fires, when I've seen them come up to the edge of some really troubling times, I want to rescue them. How many of us want to rescue those that we love dearly? that we don't want them to walk through a troubling time or a fire. Amen. We've all been there, and we've probably had people do the same for us. I think these men were just being good friends. Well, Elijah, maybe it won't have to be this way. But Elisha knows. No, it, it must be. I've got to walk through this. And he tells them, don't go look for him. He's not there. Verse 17. But when they urged him until he was ashamed, in other words, he was like, okay, I don't know what else to do, then go ahead, send them. Therefore, they sent 50 men, and they searched for three days, but they did not find him. Verse 18, when they came back to him, for he had stayed at Jericho, he said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? Elisha did not go out looking for Elijah. Why? Because he knew, he knew, I've got to walk through this. This is the walk that is before me. This is the season that I am in. I know the Lord has appointed me to be in this moment. 
I'm not going to try to get out of it. This Jericho experience, if you will, represents the place where you've seen Elijah before. You've seen him do great things. They've been to this city before, time and time again. And Elisha has seen Elijah do great things. Elisha has seen God do mighty things through Elijah. Probably saying many times, man, I would like to be able to do what he's doing. Yet, now he's alone. And, and, and we've been there. Some of you may be there right now. And if so, you are reluctant. You're reluctant to go ahead and take that step of faith or that walk of faith. You're reluctant to let someone go that needs to walk through the struggle. Or you are reluctant to walk through it. But I want to tell you something. If God can use Elijah in this season, in this moment, then God can use you the same way. You see, the enemy would love nothing more than to say to you, yeah, I used him, but not you. Yes, God was able to do it through her, but not you. You've heard the enemy say that before. Don't believe him. God is no respecter of persons. The Word of God tells us that. The, the, the New Testament tells us that Elijah was a man just like us. Just like us. It was not the strength and power of Elijah that did one thing. It was the strength and power of Almighty God. All Elijah did was believe and trust and walk by faith. Elisha, this morning, the Jericho experience is where you will get up and you will walk by faith. You will. Because you know, God did it through him. God can do it through me. God did it through her. God can do it through me. The great thing about the, the Jericho experiences is we have good and godly people around us also to encourage us. Yes, there are those well-meaning brothers and sisters who say, I don't want you to struggle, but yet there are others who say, okay, you're going to have to struggle, but we believe in you, we trust you. Cheerleaders, those in the body of Christ saying, you can, you can. And this morning, some of you, literally, while we're preaching this, some of you had someone, I believe the Spirit of God brought someone to mind. Because you're saying, you know, I'm not necessarily walking through this, but, but man, I know he is or I know she is. Let me go encourage them today. Keep walking. Keep going. We must go forward at the Jericho experience rather than go backwards. You want someone else to do it. I'm sure Elisha did, but watch what happens really quick. Look at verse 19. So he's in Jericho, right? And it says the men of that city says, they say to Elisha, please notice the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. In other words, they were saying this is a pretty good place to be, but we need help. You ever been there? You know, I'm doing okay, but hey, brother or sister, someone's saying I need help from you. Can you help me? And you're reluctant saying, no, someone else maybe can, but I can't. Elisha's probably feeling that in the moment, but watch what happens in verse 20. But he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and he cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. Now, we're not privy to what happened here. But obviously the Spirit of God spoke to Elisha. For him to say, thus says the Lord, that means the Lord must have spoken to Elisha. 
yet no one else heard it. Or there's no record. Nothing here tells us at all that anyone heard the Lord speak except Elisha. But Elisha heard God say, this is what I have done. Walk in it. And he has to decide, do I believe this? And he says, yes, I do. And he speaks forth what God has said. In verse 22, so the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elisha, which he spoke, this brother had to own it right there. His miracle, if you will, looked very similar to Elijah's. But Elisha had to say, this is what God says. This is what God wants. And then he walks it out. Some of us got to own that today. So there's, a, there's the Jordan experience. There's the Jericho experience. Let me give you one more this morning. There's also the, what I would call the Bethel experience. We got to own this one. We got to go forward at the Bethel experience. Now remember, Elijah and Elisha, they passed through Bethel. It's already told it. Or they went down to Bethel that tells us in verse number 2. Well, now Elisha's backtracking. What's what happens? This is some of my favorite passages in all the, all the Bible, right here in verse 23 and 24. It says, Then he went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youths came out from the city, and they mocked him and said, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. No, they were literally saying to him, Go home, baldy. Go home, baldy. As you, if you take the time to study this a little deeper, they were mocking and criticizing probably his looks. He's a bald-headed preacher. Probably not as pretty as I am, but he was, you know, he, he was okay. He's a bald-headed preacher, and these young people were laughing and mocking him. But it wasn't just that, not just his appearance. They also were mocking his office. The enemy was taunting him, saying, who do you think you are? Elijah was a prophet. Who do you think you are? Go home. Go back. Go away. Verse 24, he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youth. I love that story. You know what the, you know what the moral of that story is? Do not make fun of a bald-headed preacher. Amen. All right? Be careful this morning to make fun of a bald-headed preacher. You never know. You leave, there may be a female bear or two out there. I'm just saying, be careful. And then he went on from there to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Bethel. This Bethel experience is where you find yourself at wit's end and in the face of opposition. Now you saw the Jericho, he was by himself. There was nobody there but him and God. And God proved himself and Elisha proved himself by taking a step of faith where nobody saw just him and God. Then he goes to Jericho and it becomes a little more public, but it's around friends, brothers, those who love him and believe in him. It's kind of easy at Jericho. But at Bethel, there's no cheerleaders anymore. These people hate him. They, they don't want him there. They're laughing and mocking at his looks and his office. There's no reason for you to be here. This literally represents a place, and I know it did for Elisha. Opposition has come. And when opposition comes, what happens in your life? When real opposition from the enemy comes, you panic. We all do. We panic. And in the moment of panic, what we want to do is turn around and go the other way. We want to quit. This is where it gets really tough. There are no friends. There's no one there except the enemy taunting. And you say, 
I don't think I can do it. Before you turn around and run, listen, before you turn around and go back, stop. Just stop. Stand still in the moment. Stand in the power and strength of Almighty God and see what God might do. That's really all I think Elisha knew to do here. He, he turns around, pronounced the curse. He's trusting. The God that was with me in private, the God that was with me among friends and brothers, that same God's going to be with me even in this opposition. You've got to own it, though. Don't panic. Don't run. Stand. Elijah had similar experiences along the way. Now, Elisha seems to be doing the same thing. And I want to show you what happens. What I, I really believe what happens here to Elisha. As he begins to own his faith and continue to go forward rather than go backwards, it leads him to a place of worship. Did you catch verse 25? He went from there to Mount Carmel. I'm sure Mount Carmel brought back a lot of good memories. Mount Carmel was a place where Elijah... You remember the story? Elijah stood on the top of Mount Carmel. 400 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Asher, 850 false prophets standing against one man of God, taunting, challenging, telling all Israel, determine which God you believe in. And the Bible tells us all Israel just stood back. In other words, they sat on the fence. And Elijah's there by himself. And Elijah, believing and trusting in the power of God, you know the story, calls down fire from God. A powerful experience happens on Mount Carmel. And Elijah later would walk down that mountain and he would find this young man named Elisha while he was plowing. And I know that Elisha heard the stories. Elisha, I believe, goes to Mount Carmel to have another meeting with the Lord. I believe it turns into an expression of worship. As we go forward, when we will not quit, when we will not go back, but by faith and the strength and power of the Lord, we will walk forward. What we find is our life becomes an offering of worship to Christ Jesus. And God can and will use us. He will. And this gets interesting. I'll, I'll close here in verse 25. It says, not after he went to Mount Carmel, from there he returned to Samaria. Is, he, is there anything important about that? Absolutely. There's somebody over in Samaria that really don't like, didn't like Elijah, and he's not going to like Elisha. There's a wicked king over there. The one that had been there was Ahab, and now some of the family, they're ruling. It says in chapter 3, verse 1, Joram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel at Samaria. Wicked, wicked man. And Elisha, remember the guy who said, I can't do this. Where's the God of Elijah now? That man turns around after walking through these fires and trials. That man now heads back to Samaria, literally walks into the teeth of the lion, unashamed and unafraid. What's going to send us into the teeth of the lion? Only as we've walked with God in the fire. Only. I'm going to tell you, 2020 hadn't been easy, hadn't been good. I'm no prophet. I don't know what 2021 is going to look like. I'm hopefully, prayerfully believing it's going to be better. Amen? But what if it's not? What if it's not? What are we going to do? If we will own our faith right now, if we will say, I'm not going backwards, I'm going forwards. 
Even if I walk into the teeth of the lion, then so be it. Because I serve a God who can close the mouth of lions. He's done it before. He can do it again. Elisha, his story goes on. He does about twice as many miracles as Elijah as far as what's recorded. Remember, he asked for a double portion of the Spirit of God. Do you remember Elisha's words about Elijah? When Elijah was taken, do you remember what he said? My father, my father. Remember that one? The chariots of Israel and its horsemen. That statement was, was, was a tribute to the kind of power and strength of the man of God that Elijah was. I want to tell you what was said about Elisha at his death. In 2 Kings 13 verse 14, it says Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. The same thing that Elisha said about Elijah was now being said of him. How did it get to that point? Because when he felt like going backwards, he didn't. He kept going forward. Let's own our faith. Let's close out 2020 as hard as it's been, and with whatever it is you're walking through right now. Some came this morning thinking this week, I'm just going to turn around and go back. No. No. By the power and strength and mercy of God, we're going to go forward. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus for brothers and sisters here. And my prayer is that whoever feels like stopping, quitting, going back, This morning you sent me by here just to encourage those brothers and sisters. This is not a time to give up. This is a time to keep going for the mercy and grace of God. There are other Elishas out there that need these brothers and sisters. There are others out there to encourage and to reach, and God, you want to use them. And I believe you're going to do it this morning as men and women of God say yes and get up one more time and keep going forward. And I pray this. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.